You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Check it out. Well, folks, I'm back. What's going on? What's good, everybody? This is Jason Jones, and this is your latest episode of the Ruler of the Court podcast, where we talk about the Sacramento Kings, the NBA, hip-hop, well, R&B, <laughs> kind of whatever comes to mind. Again, I'm your host, Jason Jones, and what I'm doing for this episode is kind of giving you a recap, from my point of view, a recap of a typically very Kingsy week interview type situation just kind of some of the things that happened last week look at where the kings are right now and obviously you're looking at you know probably watching the ncaa tournament trying to get a better idea of who might be a king because the playoffs aren't happening that record is on the way i know they haven't officially been eliminated but i don't see any i don't see any reason to believe that as bad as the Lakers are playing, as injury-riddled as New Orleans is, I just don't see any indication, any... I don't have any reason to believe the Kings are going to somehow rally themselves to move into the top 10 to give them a chance to play in situation just because it's, it's, it's been a rough go lately. The Kings have lost, you know, have lost four in a row, two and eight in their last ten. They're currently four and a half out of the play-in. And they have the third worst record in the Western Conference. So, yeah, that record the Kings didn't want appears to be on its way. You know, most consecutive seasons missing the playoffs, 16, which means, yeah, yeah, oh, 16 years. Um... You know, there's children growing up in Sacramento who don't who uh, only know the Kings being in the playoffs from YouTube and old NBA.com highlights. It is what it is, but let's just kind of get into why last week was so weird. And we start with the Knicks game where the Kings have a big old lead, lead by eight, you know, 20, 18, 20 points in the first half. Then Julius Randle happens. He uh, obliterates them in the second half. Gets a career high on them. Man drop with 30 thumb, like 33 points in the second half? Yeah. Something ridiculous. Kings lose the game. In that game, DeMontis Sabonis is ejected for got two texts for going, you know, going at the at an official arguing a call and he made contact with the official. 
And before I kind of get into this, I, I, you know, people have talked about, well, Julius Randle made contact with official too. He didn't get suspended, you know, but I wasn't even aware of that situation. And secondly, so what that doesn't, I'm not going to sit here and legislate. Well, you know, I often disagree with NBA suspensions, but that, you know, worrying about what happened, did or did not happen to Julius Randle does not change the fact that what Sabonis did warranted the one game suspension, I thought. And just in the post game comments, you kind of see Sabonis sinking deeper, deeper into King's world, just with the whole uh, the frustration level. And he had a good interview talking about wanting to change things in Sacramento with Sam Amick at the Athletic. Check it out. But the what the suspension to me wasn't even that big of a deal. One game suspension, you know, these things happen. What caught my attention more than anything was the Kings deciding to issue a statement on the suspension. And I'm going to read you the, the, the statement from the Kings. Quote, we disagree with the NBA's decision to suspend DeMontis Sabonis. He is a consummate professional and the ultimate competitor. We stand behind Domus and he has our full support. Okay. My main question is why? Like, why? Why? You know, people laugh at you enough as it is, wonder what you're going, but. What was the purpose of releasing this statement? You know, my buddy on my buddy in the business uh, on you know mentioned to me on Twitter, J. Michael Falga said that for all we know, basically the agents pressured the Kings to do this. You know, to let them know that they you know they've got the players back. I think this is unnecessary and it's weird. You know, you break this down. We disagree with they disagree with the decision. Of course they do. No, no shit. Of course they disagree. I've never heard of a team say, you know what? We're really glad you, the NBA suspended one of our two best players. We're really happy about this. You know, then secondly, he is a consummate professional and the ultimate competitor. Yeah, I guess after about a month, the Kings know Sabonis so well they can break this down. And yeah, they just know. He, they, they, he's a man of impeccable character. And I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying, okay, he's a consummate professional. This was not a you're not a consummate professional suspension. And this is not a you're not a competitor suspension. And then it says we stand behind, you know, and we have our full support. I mean, couldn't you just have Alvin Gentry say this pregame? Alvin didn't really touch it, you know, in much detail for that next game. But couldn't Alvin just say this, essentially? Why do you need a press release over a one-game suspension that, in my opinion, was warranted. Like I said, I'm not going to get into the whole, well, what did Julius Randle did? What Julius Randle did was kick the King's ass in the second half of that game. <laughs> so, I, you know, but, you know, I'm not going to play into the whole what's, what's fair and not fair and they're picking on the small market, whatever. I mean, I just don't see the purpose or the, necess- the necessity to to do this, especially what made this even more funny that, this this statement and everything comes out the night that DeMarcus Cousins is back in town, who you could argue the franchise notoriously did not support in these situations. Not in an argument, they didn't. Not not even close. I mean, it's, it's not even, yeah, so it's just a weird, weird thing to do. And 
I guess they made a point by showing they support Sabonis, but if you want to support Sabonis, you get some better players on the team for him to play with. And that come in the offseason. That's how you truly support this guy. This statement was, uh, whatever. Which brings me to my second just weird Kings thing of the week. Um, the, um, the, the, the ejection of Rashawn Holmes in Utah. And it's been a rough year for Rashawn. I mean, his numbers are down. The Kings traded for an all-star player to his position, which put Rashawn on the bench. Just not a great year. And Rashawn, who was typically, I, I would say, happy. You know, I would say happy go you know, but, you know, he tweeted basically a, a, a John C. Riley confused face gif of the explanation from the officials as to why he was ejected, which was essentially for throwing the ball at the end of the third quarter toward the stands. You know, how, you know, guys, t- you know, tend to heave the ball and what the case may be but basically what they said was the way the ball was thrown and it went into the stands they deemed that Rashawn was throwing it into the stands out of frustration and ejected him that's a very king's thing to happen I must admit I don't think I've ever seen that type of ejection and I think Rashawn was confused I think a lot of people were confused but the way this season is gone and the way his season is gone, it's almost like it's almost fitting that something weird is happening, you know, with Rashawn. And let's just kind of look at what's going on with Rashawn this year. And I don't mean that in a bad way, you know, of course not in a bad way, but well, maybe it is bad depending on how you look at it. But it has not been a banner year for Rashawn Holmes in terms of, you know. Signs and you know, well, take that back. Did get paid? My man signed a a nice contract in the off season, but this season just has not gone according to plan. Like I said, you've had injury, you've had a whole new player added to the team, and and Sabonis, to which like I just said makes Rashawn's situation different, and you just look at you know. Rashawn's stats for the year going into this season. I mean, going he only played in 43 games this year, you know, on pace to, you know, and that's kind of been a situation with Rashawn through his hit, through his sack tenures, not being able to, you know, for whatever reason, play a good chunk of games. I mean, and if you look at his career, he's only played in 70 games once, and that was in Phoenix in 2018-19. You know, played 44 games. In his first year in Sacramento, 2019-2020. Played in 61 games uh, last, you know, previous, you know, in, in uh, last season. The contract, you know, the contract season where he averaged career highs with 14.2 points, 8.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, and 1.6 blocks. All career highs for Rashawn. But coming in this season, he's appeared in this 23 games this season. I'm at 23, sorry, 43 but he's averaging 24.4 minutes, which is his lowest as a king. And his lowest since he averaged 16.9 again in Phoenix when he was, you know, come in as a, as a backup to DeAndre, the backup to DeAndre Ayton. It's 10.7 points are his lowest as a king. 
7.3 rebounds, lowest as a king, 1.1 assists, lowest as a king, 0.4 steals, lowest as a king, 0.9 blocks, lowest as a king. Uh, even his free throw percentage, 77.8, lowest as a king. Actually, his field goal percentage is actually at a career high, 6.1. But, yeah, his 1.3 turnovers is slightly higher than his 1.2 the previous two years. So, still high, you know, his highest as a king. And just overall, you know, it's a lot going on. So, the question becomes, if you're the Kings, what do you do with Rashawn Holmes? And I said right to the trade, Rashawn's your backup center. If Sabonis is your starter, Rashawn's your backup. That's not a bad backup to have. I don't think having Rashawn as a backup center is a bad thing at all. I think most people would tell you around the league that Rashawn, if Rashawn is starting, you might not be as you, you're probably not a playoff team. That's just kind of the sentiment I've gathered from people around the league. So I don't think him being a backup is a terrible thing. But again, obviously Rashawn wants to start and play. Makes sense. Who would want to? No one wants to come in and just say I'm going to be a backup. But you know, he's been ejected now, what, a couple of times this season? And, you know, we had, you know, he's missed some time for personal reasons, injury. Just has not been probably the year that Rashawn was hoping for, especially considering that early in the year, the Athletics' John Hollander was touting him as an all-star caliber player. And, I mean, that was just, you know, that, I don't know if anyone would expected that to keep up, but... It'll be, to me, Rashawn is one of the more interesting situations the Kings have. I believe they're a better team with Rashawn on it. I believe you need his his, his effort, his defensive uh, acumen. I think you need all that on this team. You know, but is his salary a little too much for that? Is there a team that maybe needs a Rashawn Holmes type player and is willing to uh, give you, I don't know, maybe some wing players? Some players with, you know, some wing depth. Or uh, maybe a, a higher level shooting guard to get homes. I don't know. Maybe it's a three-team deal, four-team deal. Who knows? But Rashawn becomes a player who is right now, you know, who is under 30. You know, can be a productive player, I think, in either a starter or a reserve role. High energy, high effort. You know, I've never heard anything bad about his character or anything like that. So that's a situation to, to really monitor. And for Rashawn's sake, I hope he doesn't get anything, anything other weird things the rest of the season. I mean, my guy had to suffer through the thing in the bubble where he crossed the border and had to be quarantined for a bunch of days. You know, just weird things have come across Rashawn. So that's something, like I said, to monitor looking forward. And one of the things I want to touch on with the Kings is that it's probably not trendy or cool to say this, but... I mean, De'Aaron Fox has played really well lately. You know, his numbers have been great. And since the trade, De'Aaron's averaging 29.2 points, 6.8 assists, 4 rebounds, shooting 51% from the field, 37% from 3, which is right around where his career best has been. And he dropped 20 points in the first quarter. uh, And Utah, the most in in the points in a quarter for a king this season had 41 that game had 32 against the nuggets and got a season average up to 23 points a game and one reason you trade Tyrese Halliburton is because 
just based on your decision to give De'Aaron Fox the max deal is is that you're saying that De'Aaron is the man and I don't know if long term those two could flourish either would flourish with them as teammates so it does make sense and I do get why the deal was made that being said there's still more that can be asked of De'Aaron you know there's I mean particularly defensively he's got to become a player uh, I remember Keith Smart to say this about play said at least become a guy that gets votes for all defense. Right now, no one on this Kings team is getting a vote, and nor should they. Team is shitty on defense. I mean, there's no need to say that, but looking for the future, you have to begin. He has to become a guy who just wreaks havoc on defense, yeah, and can do that consistently. That's got to be the next step. But I think we have seen that by him playing next to a guard who's not a ball-dominant guard or basically, you know, a, uh, a guy like Tyrese who's a natural point guard. It has opened up De'Aaron's game and allowed him to flourish on a personal level. But for all that to add up, there still needs to be things added. We all know this. We've talked about leadership. You know, I, I don't think it's realistic to expect De'Aaron to turn around and become Chris Paul in terms of leadership and locker room command. De'Aaron is De'Aaron. I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't expect it to happen, but if it does, great. I don't think it will. But and t- So as we can, they continue to build around De'Aaron and Sabonis, I think you got to get some more strong voices in that locker room. And I think that's coming. Well, I can't say I think that's coming. I think that needs to be happening. If this Kings team is serious about ever you know you know you know <laughs> sorry lost my train i thought my phone buzzed sometimes that happens you know you get distracted but you walk that back for y'all see this is real life editing i'm not going to go ahead and cut this out i'm just going to wrap it up with this up with the Aaron and leadership and just say you can't make someone be someone they're not you know, you can't make, you know, you can't make someone's personality be what it is. But if De'Aaron is at least going to give you this production, you've got something to work with. And you combine that with the bonus, you find some other parts and maybe that playoff drought ends next season. So before we move on to the latest and the greatest, in, in my point of view, I find it to be some disappointing news in hip hop. I've got some something for you to talk to you about. I've got the latest and the greatest from our good friends at DraftKings. Y'all know what time it is. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team and win $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. So here's the call to action. Here's what I need you to do, folks. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 on older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now, back to the show. Now, folks... This is my hip-hop take for the week. It isn't about an album. It isn't. A, I was going to talk about the, the Kanye West documentary from Netflix, Genius. But I moved to go in a different direction today. It's about um, my, my, one of my favorite rappers of all time, Snoot Dogg, and what's going on with Death Row Records. And we all know, um, back in February, Snoop took control of the label. And, you know, and what's happened now is all of the Death Row albums, just about, I believe, except All Eyes on Me from Tupac, have been removed from uh, all your digital um, streaming platforms. And I was checking around trying to find Doggy Style. I was trying to find The Chronic. I was trying to find, you know, some of my favorites, and I can't, they're gone. And apparently Snoop Dogg is going to turn... Death Row Records into an NFT. No, we saw what happened with De'Aaron and NFTs, and quite honestly, I generally don't understand this NFT stuff. But what I do understand is that I like my music. I like my Death Row classics. And I'm going to need Snoop or someone smarter than me to explain how the hell I'm going to get my music back. How will I hear... Ain't no fun. How will I hear gin and juice? How will I hear nothing but a G thing? How will I hear these songs if I got to find them in the metaverse or some, whatever the hell's going on? Come on, Snoop. Come on. You, you the big homie. Come, I'm going to need you to break this down for us. You know, As of the time of this recording, Snoop hadn't really said anything about what's going on. But all the reports are that, this is, that he's the, you know, the reason this is happening. Come on, man, Snoop. I need something. Can't find Natural Born Killers by Snoop and... Um, not Snoop, by Dre and Cube. We need something. Don't force us to go to YouTube and find this music, Snoop. Please give us our music back. I love to work out to some of the Death Row albums, you know. I need to hear dog food. And... This ain't, this ain't cool, Snoop. Give us some, you know, tell us what we got to do to get our music back. I hope you're not going to some stem player type thing like Kanye. Make them spend hella money to listen to, to your music. But please, Snoop. Please, Snoop. Please, Snoop. Give me, give us the music back. Please. We are begging you. Okay, and I'm done begging for today. All right, folks. No, you know, I'll be safe out there. Enjoy your NCAA tournament week. You know, if you're a Kings fan, that means you're looking at whoever they're going to probably draft and you probably won't be happy, but it is what it is. <laughs> Y'all be good out there. You know where to find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC, on t- uh, Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, theathletic.com, where I'm writing about all types of random stuff. Check me out. I'm good. You're good. Y'all be safe out there. I will catch you later, fam. I'm out.